Good morning, everyone. How, are, how is everybody today? I, can't, I cannot stand up here on January 1st and not do this. I haven't seen y'all since last year. I can't do it. It's the dad in me. I just can't do it. So it's good I haven't seen y'all in so long. It's been last year. I'm glad to see you. No, thank you for coming to worship with us today. I'm glad to have you. If you're a guest or a visitor and with us today, we're especially glad to have you with us. And there are some cards in the pews in front of you. If you would fill one of those out, if you could, just to give us some information about you so we can get to know you a little bit better, uh, that would be awesome. Uh, not a lot of announcements, except for I am excited that we get back to normal this Wednesday. Um, we have our normal Wednesday night uh, Bible study. It's been a couple of weeks. Uh, I miss getting together with everybody on Wednesday nights. Um, so don't forget that. Our breakfast is coming up this Saturday. Um, first, first Saturday of the month. First Saturday of the year. So we have our uh, all-you-can-eat br breakfast. Um, and uh, that's uh, from 7 to 9.30 Saturday. We just, um, there are a few things in the bulletins just to keep an eye on. Just in two weeks, remember we have a business meeting uh, after service. And then we have a deacons meeting that morning. And um, you know what? There's not a lot to uh, tell you about. I'm just excited. I hope this new year is going to be full of excitement, full of serving the Lord. And uh, I'm just excited to have you here today. And at this time, I just want to invite you to turn your hearts toward the Lord this morning as we focus on Him. Good morning. Good morning. Happy New Year. Man, you guys need to wake up. You act like you've been up, you've been awake until after midnight or something. Um, I do want to say something. Chad said we get to go back to normal. I'll be honest with you. I hope we don't ever get back to normal. Because, you know, the Bible says that we as Christians, those of us that have the Holy Spirit indwelled in us and have been washed in the blood, that we are a peculiar priesthood we are aliens here for those that are older peculiar is a greek word that's translated and it means as my mom and dad would say quar strange different and we <laughs> we are Different. Jesus Christ makes us different than those around us. And I hope we don't ever get back to what the world calls normal. Because I don't want to be normal. I want to be who God has created me to be. I want to be on fire for Him. And as we begin this new year, I pray that we all want to be the disciples that God wants us to be. That we will be different. And we will do whatever it is that He calls us to do in this new year. So as we begin our time together, please join me in prayer. Our blessed Heavenly Father, we come before You. Dear Lord, we are so thankful for this holiday season where we're able to celebrate Your birth. And dear Lord, now we're celebrating the birth of a new year. 
Dear Lord, there is nothing special about this day today other than the fact that you give us another revolution around the sun. Dear Lord, I pray right now that you do a work in us so that we become more and more like you during this new year. Dear Lord, that we won't make New Year's resolutions. That we won't make decisions that will just fall by the wayside. But dear Lord, I pray that we will commit ourselves to live by Your Word. To show the love of Jesus Christ to everyone that we come in contact with. That we live out the Gospel in front of them. And that we seek to fulfill the Great Commission in making more disciples. Dear Lord, that is my prayer for 2023. That our church will catch on fire with the love of God. That we will love each other and love our Savior and it will permeate every aspect of our life. And now today, dear Lord, as we worship together, I ask you to be with Sandra and the choir as they lead us in worship. I ask you to be with Pastor Chad as he brings our message today that you would speak through him. And dear Lord, I pray that we will listen not only with our ears, but with our hearts. And we will be obedient to what we hear you say today. Bless this time that we have together. And may you receive all the honor and glory. And may your name be praised. And it's in the holy and precious name of our living Savior, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. What better way to spend New Year's Day worshiping our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So let us all stand as we sing hymn number 427, For He Alone is Worthy. Would you stand, please? Oh. 
I know we haven't done this in a while, but I'm going to ask if all the children could come down here and sit with me real quickly. Just for a second. I see, I see that. And I want you guys to sit up here close to me, okay? You don't have to sit far away from me. You can even sit up here beside me if you want to. Right here. There you go. There you go. Just sit down right there. Here, sit down right there, Thomas. Okay? Guys, today is New Year's Day. You know what that means? What does that mean? Nobody knows what that means? It means that today is the very first day of 2023. It is a brand new year, and today is the first day. But you know what? The Bible says this. Hey, Thomas, listen, this is what the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5.17. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things passed away. Behold, new things have come. Now, a lot of people believe that New Year's brings a clean slate, that it's a startup, <laughs> it's a start over, but it isn't. The new year is just another day. Nothing happens between December 31st and January 1st that changes our lives. Things that we were dealing with on the 31st, we're still dealing with on the 1st. But Jesus, Jesus can make all things new. When we come to know Jesus Christ, He creates in us a new person. We're not the same person we used to be. So that's what I want you guys to understand today, okay? Is that Jesus loves you. Jesus cares about you. And Jesus wants to make you a brand new person. Okay? Let's pray. And then, I, then you guys can go back and sit with your, your mom and daddy, okay? So let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for these children. Dear Lord, I thank you for their hearts. I thank you for their imagination. I thank you for their energy. Dear Lord, if, if we could just grasp hold of the specialness of these children. Dear Lord, if we could just understand that when you said to your disciples, do not hinder these young ones from coming to me, for we must accept you with the faith of a child. Dear Lord, I ask you that you do that in our, us adults, that we forget that about imagining how big God really is. We forget about how to believe Him without doubt. And dear Lord, we forget to have the energy to serve You with everything that we've got. Dear Lord, I ask You to bless these children right now that you help them to understand what is being said and that you will draw them closer and closer to you. 
and that they will all come to know you as their personal Savior. And it's in the holy and precious name of Jesus Christ, our Savior, we pray. Amen. Would you stand again as we sing our hymn of praise, page 122, Tell Me the Story of Jesus, and then we will have the worshipful time of getting, giving of our gifts, tithes, and offerings. 122. Would you stand, please? Let us pray. 
Our dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity for us to be able to give back a small portion that you have blessed us with. I pray you bless this gift and the giver, for it is your name that we pray. Amen.
Guys, I'm excited to be here today. Uh, thank you again for coming to worship with us. Um, it was kind of odd, me being up here preaching on a Sunday and already still being here. I usually just take care when he's out, but he asked me to, if I wanted to share a message with you today, and you know, I had things on my heart, and I, and I did, well, I, I did have something I wanted to share today, um, and it's a perfect day to share it. Um, you know, now that Christmas is, I'm not going to say Christmas is over, because last week we said Christmas is every day, right? It can't be over, but the date of Christmas is, move, we move into a new year, everybody starts making New Year's resolutions. Um, I'm sure everybody in here has made some kind of resolution that they're going to break in three weeks, right? You said we couldn't, but, you know, it just depends what it is. I said I'm going to eat healthier, and I didn't make it past, uh, well, I hadn't ate anything yet this morning. So, you know, I'm, I'm doing really good so far. Um, but today... I want to come with you, and I want to come to you, and I want to bring you a challenge to each and every person in here. And it's fitting that the kids are in here because this challenge is in here. For, it's for the kids, too, but it's easy for kids. It really is. Um, it's harder for us adults. And uh, it is, what the, message, is what, the, what the thing says up here, what the TV says. Love first. And so what does that mean, love first? Um, should be the first thing we do in everywhere that we go. Um, our, our key verse for today is John 13, 34. And um, I could do this several different ways, but uh, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to have you stand as I read the key verse today, but I'm actually going to share with you several verses, uh, several scripture passages today. But 13, John 13, 34 is our key verse for today. And... Uh, it was Jesus talking, and it says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the day. Thank you so much for allowing us to be here to worship you. And thank you for your word. And as we dive in to different situations that Jesus was in, where he showed love, Lord, I just pray for your blessing upon everything that we read and everything that comes out of my mouth, that it's not your words that I speak. I mean, it's not my words that I speak, but your words that I speak. All this I ask in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, and I say that that is going to be the shortest, the, the shortest passage that I share with you today because what we're going to do is we're going to go through and I'm going to read through the New Testament, I'm going to read three situations that Jesus was in. And we're going to look at how Jesus handled each and every one of these situations. And I'm going to tell you a little bit more why. The first situation we're going to read about Jesus when he was in is in John chapter 4, verse 7 through 14. If you went to Sunday school, every, everybody knows this story. The woman at the well. Jesus is out traveling with his disciples and he encounters a Samaritan woman at a well. Now, let's look into that. Um, Jesus, John chapter 4, 7 through 14, it says, A woman of Samaria came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink, for his disciples had gone into the city to buy food. The woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask, me to drink, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? 
For the Jews have no dealing with the Samaritans. And Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it says, and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given living, living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us this well and who drank from him himself as well as his sons and his livestock? And Jesus answered and said to her, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst, but the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. And I'm going to read a couple more verses ahead in just a minute. But I'm going to put a situation here. Jesus is out midday. Everything that I've ever, ever read about this, Jesus was out midday more than likely. Uh, this lady wasn't going to come to the well when everybody else was there because she, um, she was sort of an outcast. Um, later, down, later on down in this, um, after Jesus speaks to the woman is what I'm going to share with you in just a minute. But Jesus came to this woman who was different, who was of a different race than her. Jews and Samaritans did not get along. Um, she was not someone in the community who people would just be willing to talk to, I wouldn't think, because of her past. And Jesus comes to her, and the first thing that he does to her is love her. He lays down a foundation of love in their relationship. And after he lays down a foundation of love, and he creates a conversation, he creates a, a, a common ground to talk to with this lady, then, then Jesus comes to her, and he says... And he calls her out because she's like each and every one of us. She's a sinner. Jesus calls us out on her sin. And, he, and the woman answered and said, I have, Jesus called to her, go call your husband and come here in verse 16. And um, not, how, not how the religious people of the time would have handled it. They would have called the woman out first about who she was and her past. But Jesus didn't do that. He laid down a relationship of love first. And after that, he opened up in a conversation, told her to go get her husband. And uh, the lady said, well, I have no husband. And Jesus said, you have, you have well said, I had no husband. We have five husbands, and the one whom you have now is not your husband. In that, you spoke truly. Jesus didn't open a conversation with this lady about calling her out on her sin. Um, I tried to do this a little different than I had it in my mind. Um, but I want to ask you a question. Who in here has Facebook and gets on Facebook? Anybody, everybody in here, about everybody in here has a Facebook. If somebody posts something on Facebook and you don't agree with it, you don't like what they say, maybe it's a different political belief you have or a different religious belief you have, and you go through the comments, what's the first thing people go in to do? 
They don't go in and, and get to know this person. They go in and they start dogging them for what they say. They call them out about their beliefs right there. And it's not a bad thing to call people out about what they believe, but Jesus didn't start out by calling this woman out by her difference in opinion or her sin. He started out by coming to this woman and laying down a relationship, a conversation with this lady. He laid down a relationship for him to call this lady out on her sin. Because if I, to be honest, if we're Christians and we go out on the street and we go to somebody and uh, somebody, we see somebody doing something wrong and we go up and we jump in that person's face and we start calling them out and saying, you're... You're just a sinner. What you're doing is wrong. You need to change your ways. Are we going to win that person for Christ? No. The way to win that person for Christ is to lay down a, relation, lay down a relationship first. Love first. And I do apologize because it's not coming out the way I wanted it to. So I'm going to back up a little bit. Let me read these scriptures for you. Um, and then you'll, then you'll see how it all ties together. Um, the next scripture I'm going to read for you is Zacchaeus. Uh, is the story of Zacchaeus. It's Luke chapter 19, verse 1 through 10. It says, As Jesus entered and passed through Jericho, now behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector, and he was rich. And he sought to see who Jesus was, but could not because of the crowd, for he was of short stature. So he ran ahead and climbed up in a sycamore tree to see, tree to see him. For he was going to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must stay at your house. So he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. But when they saw it, they all complained, saying that he had gone to be a guest with a man who was a sinner. And then Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, I give half of my goods to the poor, and if I have taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to your house, because he is also a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save which was lost. And uh, so I'm changing my way I do this. So I'm going to read you one more short passage. And then I'm going to tie them all three in together. I'm going to do that. Luke chapter 17, verse 12 through 19. It's another situation that Jesus was in. And he entered a certain village, and there met him ten men who were lepers who stood far off. They lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, Go show yourselves to the priest." And so it was, as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw he had healed, returned with a loud voice, glorified God, and fell down at his face and his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. So Jesus answered and said, For there are not ten cleansed, but where are the other nine? All three of these stories, Jesus has put in situations with people who were outcast, who stood out from the rest of society. Lepers, a Samaritan woman who had been married multiple times, and a tax collector. 
And in each one of these situations, there was things that needed to be fixed in their life. Jesus came to them, and he didn't start with calling them out for the problem that they needed fixed in their life. He started out by offering them love and acceptance. And then, after that foundation of love was laid down, then... He offered them a chance to repent from their sin. As Christians, we are, I'm guilty of it too. I was talking about Facebook earlier. We're so quick to see someone walking outside of God's will. And the first thing we want to do is go to that person and say, Hey, you're messing up. You're doing wrong. You're sinning. We might not want to admit it, but we're all guilty of it at some point in time. Whether it's on Facebook, whether it's in person, or whatever the situation may be. But if we look at Jesus' example, Jesus didn't approach people and call them out on their sin right away. Jesus did call them out on their sin eventually. But Jesus came to people and he offered Love first. In today's society, there are so many people turning away from the church. I'll see comments on Facebook where somebody will come in and, and somebody will post something on Facebook about a political belief, like I said before, and a Christian will come in and jump all over them about their beliefs and tell them they're going to hell and all this stuff. And then you, the comments that follow are always... Well, that's why I don't go to church. That's why I left the church. That's why I'm not a Christian. Because when we're quick to jump in without laying down a foundation of love first, when we're quick to jump in and just start telling people that they're wrong, even if they are, we're not going to draw those people into the church. We're not going to draw these people to Christ. What we're going to do is we're going to push these people farther and farther away. Going into the new year, I want to challenge you, and my challenge is to look at Jesus' example in these stories. Go back to the story of Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was a tax collector. Sure, he didn't have a whole lot of friends, and the friends he did have were probably tax collectors just like he was. Tax collectors were considered thieves. Somebody people did not want to be around. But this particular tax collector heard Jesus was coming to town. And he just wanted to lay eyes on Jesus because he had heard about all the things Jesus did. And Jesus saw him. And Jesus knew that he was curious. And he offered him an opportunity to come down. And he went to Zacchaeus' house. It doesn't say a whole lot about the conversation that they had. But you know that Jesus just didn't sit down. And they didn't sit down for a few minutes. I imagine that they talked for hours. Because I know if I sat down today and I were to talk to Jesus, I would have so many questions, 
So many things I would like to lay to him. Jesus laid down a foundation of friendship and love with Zacchaeus, which led to Zacchaeus' redemption. If Jesus would have called Zacchaeus out of the tree and said, Zacchaeus, you're a sinner and a thief. You need to repent. Do you think we would have had the same outcome for Zacchaeus that we had here? No, because that foundation of friendship, that foundation of love is important to lay down. And then, after we get that foundation laid down, like he did in these stories, and with the lepers, not exactly the same situation, but lepers were outcasts, people who nobody wanted to be around because they were afraid they were contagious. But Jesus went out of his way to speak to them and offer them the opportunity to be cleansed. During this new year, I want to encourage you to go out of your way to speak to people who may be outcasts from society whose society may consider taboo and sinners not to be a part of their lifestyle. Jesus didn't go into these situations to be a part of their lifestyle. Jesus went into these situations to love these people in order to offer salvation and redemption to them. I'm just a man. I can't offer you salvation and redemption, but I can offer you the opportunity to know the man who can give us salvation and redemption. And I'm not going to do that going into the new year. If I go to people and I, and I just refuse to love people, the first thing I want to do is call you out on what you do. Whether it be, uh, whether whatever the sin may be in your life. Love people first. Back in that key verse I read, John 13, 34. Jesus said, a new commandment I give to you. That you love one another as I have loved you. Love each other. Is it easy to love each other? Is it easy to love somebody who's different than you? Who has a different belief than you? Who thinks or acts differently than you? No, but it's so important that we love each other. Because that lays down the opportunity, like I said, for redemption. I love to go back to Genesis, to the garden. There's so many ways to point back to Jesus in the garden. And um, I had, um, the other day, I was looking, when I was talking about this, and when I was thinking about this, I was thinking about Adam and Eve in the garden. After Adam and Eve had one, one rule in the garden. Do not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. But they did, because they were human, just like us. They fell into temptation, and later that day, God was walking in the cool of the garden. God, he was, he's God. He knew what they did. But walking through the garden, nowhere, nowhere in the story do I hear God stomping through the garden saying, Adam and Eve, I know what you did. Where are you at? Why are you hiding from me? God came through the garden with grace. 
And he, even, he offered Adam and Eve redemption right there in the garden. I'm gonna, let, me, let me find it real quick because I didn't mark this. Um, then the Lord called to Adam and Eve and said, where are you? So Adam said, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And God asked him, he said, who told you were you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree which I have commanded you not to eat from? You think God didn't know what they did? He's all-knowing. He knew exactly what they did. But he wanted Adam and Eve to know that he loved them, and he offered them the opportunity for redemption right there. He offered them the opportunity to turn away from it. It wasn't until Adam and Eve denied or tried to cast the blame of what they did on each other and the serpent before God, before God cast them out of the garden. You know, I, I can't say that God wouldn't have cast them out of the garden, but what would, it, what would have been different if Adam would have stepped up to the plate right there because of that love and said, you're right, God, I messed up. God offered them that opportunity because God is a God of love. He is also a God of justice, but he is a God of love. He loved us so much that he sent his son to die on a cross for our sins. To offer us redemption from all the wrong things that we've done. And the commandment he gives us is to go out into the world. He says it twice in John 13, 34. Love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. Right there, he repeats himself. Love each other because I love you. And just like I love you, love one another. Go out into the world and love each other. We have to lay this foundation of love down in our relationships. When we invite people to church, if you invite somebody to church and say, you know what, I noticed that you've been living in a life of sin. I think you should come to church with me to get that straightened out. What's the opportunity? What do you think the chances are that person is going to say, all right, I'll meet you at church Sunday morning? Probably not real good. So my challenge to you moving into this new year is to love first. We're so quick to judge and jump down people's throat and tell them they're wrong as human beings because that's who we are. But if you want to be more like Christ and walk more like Christ into this new, this new year, love one another. Why? Why do we love each other? God said it because he loved us first. And if God thinks we're worthy of his love, there's nobody on this earth that's not worthy of your love. Then, after we lay down that foundation of love, we build those relationships with people, we're not supposed to let those sins and those things that our friends lie. We're not supposed to let those go. But that gives us the opportunity to come to those people as friends and let them know, hey, you're not doing what God wants you to do. And they're going to respond a whole lot better if you've laid down a foundation of love 
than if you just come screaming, pointing your finger at people or commenting on their posts, telling them how wrong they are and how bad they are. So I'm going to leave you with that. As we go into this new year, I challenge you to make your resolution to love others first because God loved us. And as we close in song today, if there's anything on your heart that you want to get off, maybe you want to come pray, maybe you want to tell somebody you hadn't loved them the way that they need to be loved, whatever it is, I challenge you to not walk out of here today without laying that down to God and to those people. And love one another the way Christ loved us. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for the opportunity to be here to worship you today. Lord, as we move through this year, give us opportunities to love each other. People in our life who may be different and stand out from us, I pray that, you, that those people are pulled in our path and we're given the opportunity to lay down a foundation of love through Jesus Christ so we can share with them the truths of the gospel. Lord, help us to put you first in everything that we do. And I pray that your work be done in this building. All this I ask in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Let us stand as we sing our hymn of invitation, 384, The Bond of Love, 384. We are one in the bond of love. We are one in the bond of love. We have come to you humbly, asking forgiveness of our many sins and our shortcomings. Father God, we know that you have the greatest love for us that, that anyone can share. God, we know that you loved us first. And we love God with all our hearts. May we take time out in our busy, busy life and, and talk to you 
on a daily basis and let you know that we love you. But Father God, we have those that are hurting, that are hurting in many, many ways, such as financial, physical, mental. We pray for those that are, that are sick, that are hospitalized, and, and, and the folks that, that are incapacitated to where they can't get out and do like they used to do. Father God, we pray that you'll strengthen them and, and let them know that you're still there with them with your love. For we ask in Jesus Christ's holy name, and amen. Thank you.